I don't know. Are we live? <laughs> hey guys, it is Scotch Four Dummies. One, two, three, four minus two. Minus two is a three and a third. Math is hard. <laughs> so there's three and a third scotches for dummies on tonight. Um, Actually, there's one you can't see yet. Uh, we'll pull him in here just a quick second. But uh, I would like to get an audio video check since our technical dummy is not here, which makes us even more dumb. Yeah, so you can tell that, that I'm running computer today, which is generally not a great thing without proper instruction from Drew. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think I got it. It looks like we're online. I think I think people are, are uh, coming in on the, the chat, so that's good to see. Um, how's your week, Mark? It's been long. I'll be honest with you. Actually, yeah, it's pretty fun. Good, we did have a good time. Me. We will talk about that uh, later on in the show. You and I got a chance to do something unique for Scotch for Dummies. Um, it's just been a long week, and like tonight's even feeling like heavy because it's we're, we're light, right? So we're missing two, and when you're used to relying on three other voices and personalities, and now it's it's just heavy. Now. <laughs> you know, like, I'm tired. It's been a long week, but we do have another dummy. In virtual land, so we, we can at least pull him in. Look who's here! Hey, everybody, how you doing? We're doing. How, how's your week going? Man, it's it's long. You saw the picture of the Jeep on fire last night, right? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, what that how you doing? Was that your Jeep? <laughs> hey, Sean, virtual. How you doing? Happy Thursday, brothers, brothers, um, and to everybody out there. Let me see. I'm gonna read the comments and make sure that I did get a good solid audio check, video check. Uh, everything looks and sounds fine. Thank you. So, with that being said, happy Thursday. Look at all the people at Leonard. What's uh, What are you warming up with? Who me? I'm, I'm actually drinking the Spaber 15 right now. I've got a Glenmo 14 Quince Rubin still. I'm, I'm working on that. And you're going on a Spaber? I know Sean's on three or four. I think he's on a log 16. I, I just had a sip of the log because it just kind of sounded good for something smoky, but I moved on to, uh, I just had a little bit of this 63.53, which is right below your feet, Mark, if you want to look and see what it's all about. Uh, the Nutty Professor Strand. Yeah. We do have to, we are talking a little bit about cat strings because we did release something about that. How is it? it it's really good. You should have a glass. We try, I think we tried that. We, we might have tried that on Monday. So let's see who's online real quick and, and welcome everyone to the show. I um, We actually were first. For once. <laughs> we didn't send the link out early. Right. And that made it easier for us. Because to Drew didn't do it anyway. <laughs> so I, it was so, it's not cheating. We still were first. Um, I see KB. Matt, Matt McCain was really the first. Yeah, Matt McCain was, was, was the second. <laughs> yeah. um, Everwin, Christopher David, Mr. Waite out in California. How you doing, Eric? Um, Bob H. Hi, Bobby. Uh, Jimmy T., Charles, uh, Tim, Dietrich. Yes, glad to make it. Glad you were able to make it. Lockness, Travis, Greg Bowers, DB She. Hello, ma'am. Um, Steven, there's a long comment there. Uh, I missed it because Jimmy T wants to say something about a nutty professor. It wants me to actually not show that. Why would, oh, could we're, nutty, we're showing that. I, nutty is not a nice term. Or something right. I don't know why. So hang on a second. Got my two nice scotches for the end of the year today. Glendro 21 and Glenmore 25. Ooh, nice. All right. So I see there's a good little portion of folks in, and that's a good thing. We've got a few different things to talk about tonight, right? Yep. So we're going to try and stick to our, our typical agenda. We're going to talk about this week's review, which was Port Escape. Port Escape. Interesting topic. It's a little bit different because it's kind of mysterious. Yeah. Um, we obviously have a hot topic to talk about, Scotch in the News. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what's going on with that in your guys' interpretations. We're going to continue our region series, and tonight we told them last week that we were going to talk about Campbelltown, which is probably, well, by numbers of distilleries, it's the smallest it's region right now. Um, so that'll be an interesting conversation. To back it up about the Port Escape, we also have something for those of you that watched the end of the video this week. All over the so we, uh, if you dig the, pee, the wheelhouse, I dig the wheelhouse. Dig the wheelhouse. Then you're it looks in. like only about 11, no, 17, 17 people dug 17 the wheelhouse. people dug the wheelhouse. So talk about that. Um, talk a little bit about what you and I did on Monday. Talk about the Secret Santa Scotch Swap review that we've got to get through. Um, I'm pretty sure all samples have been. They've all been sent. Yeah, they, they are. All of them are at least in route or 
more what likely received. The, the personal couriers are in route. <laughs> the pigeons. Pigeons are in route. <laughs> um, right. We got some of that to talk about. And I mean, some of them have been received. I know Sean well, has already received, yeah. um, dug into some of his. Haven't you, Sean? Yeah, I've gone through uh, two of my three. I've still got one left, and I it was done in a in a champagne cask of some kind. Oh wow! Uh, and so I wanted to kind of because I'm sure it's got some lighter flavors, and I wanted to kind of pay attention to that one a little more. Um, so I have not dug into that one, but the other two that I got, uh, I went through half of each sample and took some detailed notes, and they were both very good. So uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy that I got a chance to try some of those. So. Hey, uh, before we get too far in, um, I just wanted to throw a shout out to a certain person who was kind enough to give us coins for our review this week. Oh. So uh, I, I guess she is getting quite a quite a little bit of interest in her coin. Yeah. So uh, and she's actually uh, Mayu uh, has has new coins. I bet you guys have got a couple right up there. They're awesome. I drove. You're wrong. Mine are mine's at my house. I took mine home too. Sean, where's yours? <laughs> Um, is yours in your pocket? No, I don't have it with me. It should be there somewhere. It, it should be. It, it might be upstairs, actually. It might be up. <laughs> I'm not going up there looking. No, no. <laughs> right. um, your wife was kind enough to let us in the basement to do a show. Last thing I'm going to do. Probably a good thing. But uh, I'm sure you could probably get Lee to uh, tell you where they're where they're located at. And they are really cool coins. Yep. Uh, right. I, Drove all the way through Southern Mississippi just to have dinner with her, and and went back with four coins, and it was well worth the trip. So, um, they they turned out really well. So, if you guys are interested in collecting some of these coins, I highly recommend them. They turned out awesome. They are really cool. She spent a, a lot of time. The design is great. She's taking orders on the comments right now. She's she is taking. Uh, orders and she's I think she's getting rid of some that's for sure and hopefully she is bundling up a bunch and taking them to Texas here soon and then I also hope she saves enough to take to her um, trek over the pond to uh, the little island of Isla so um, you can fill us in there Lee on the, on the comments and uh, for all the rest of the, those that are going to Texas next week I'm pretty sure Eric is going there's a whole slew of yeah. uh, tubers that are going to be down there. Roy's coming over from the pond. Then, then yeah, there, there's a ton of people. Unfortunately, we just we weren't able to make that happen this year. Just I, bad weekend. It, it didn't work. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about what we've got going on with Scotch for Dummies uh, in the next two to four weeks. Anyway, um, yeah. we'll hopefully explain some of that. Anyway, so let's um let's take a look and make sure. It's a whiskey dungeon. That's right, Eric. Let's make sure we're not uh, missing out on any comments that we need to answer questions or anything right now real quick. <laughs> I want to dive into this poor skeg. Um, Sean, I don't know if you had a chance this week being on the road. Actually, I do know. You did answer some some comments. Yeah, I went through quite a few the other day. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of, I think everybody had kind of the same reaction that we had to it. Not bad, but not one to write home about, I guess, is, is the way I would describe the comments. Um, and I think we kind of all have the same thoughts on it. I mean, it was, it was good. It was worth drinking, but you know, it's, it's $70. It's an unnamed distillery. You don't really get a whole lot of information. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to take it at its face value a little bit and, you know, I guess Andrew and I liked it a little more than than Mark and Drew did. Um, so it was a it was a little bit more of a divisive bottle. Uh, everybody in the world calls this Coalila, right? Everybody. I mean, it's you know everybody, but us four are willing to just confirm that that's what it is. And I mean, seeing the Coalila is or is on Port Escape, that's where the distillery sits. It's kind of a hint towards that, but. There was one comment that somebody had made a comment, and I need to confirm this after that had said. Uh, so they're caught in the comment. I need to go back in and, and actually respond to the comment. They said that they were under the impression um, that it's about a 50 50 Colila Lagavulin mix, and that can't be because it says single malt so scotch. I have a bottle in front of me to, to respond, but it, that's not correct. But I, I don't know. And that's a good question, everyone. How does it compare to coal? If I had some coal back here, I would pour it just to do that. Drew might actually have a bottle of Kohlila, but I don't know if it's the 12. And that's probably what I would compare. It's got to be the youngest 
Kalila. Right. I, so anyway, I mean, obviously natural color. And I love the nose on this. It is smoky and peaty and sweet. It just really is. I, I thought it was a good, you know, easy brand. There wasn't anything necessarily wrong with it. Um, but it didn't really blow me away either. And, and the price was a little bit much for for kind of what you get. You know what I mean? I'm getting like um, Slim Jims on it now. <laughs> kind of this meaty, uh, smoked meat kind of smell. Snap into a Slim Jim. Snap up to a Slim Jim. <laughs> Not right now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could help it. That's a great story. <laughs> I could talk this shit. Um, so that, that seems like a Discord after party story. Yeah, I can tell that story later. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I said this in the kind I smoke bacon bits. I said that this week. Yes. Baco. You know, the, not, the, not like real bacon, but the, the, the fake ones that you buy in the you know the jar. The, what are they called? Yeah, they're Bacos. They're, they're, they're not called? bacon bits. They're not real bacon. They're Bacos. B-A-C-O. <laughs> bacon strips. <laughs> bacon strips. That's a whole different story. I don't know. So um, I get... I mean, the nose is, is meaty, you know, that, that smoked meat smell. And the palate is, is more peaty than, I mean, smoky than I remember, but it's still good. What was the, the, the final number that we gave it, uh, average on four? Uh, Something? I gave it a three? Something? No. Did you? Work up. Hold on, give me a second to go get, get under drives. Now I'll have to go to the um, YouTube. <laughs> You can tell I'm not good at this. Yeah. Uh, I'm go to video. It's got a long finish. At this, I mean, it does have a long finish. It's 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 got some spice on it. I don't think water was overly kind to it. Two point three seven five. I think I gave it a three. You gave it guys. You gave it a two. And Sean gave it a two five. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I thought it was above average. I, it's decent, but I don't know. I mean, there there are other scotches available that I think I would probably buy before that one. I wish they would give you a little more information to go off of for that particular yeah. bottle. Like, I'm all for, you know, you don't have to give me everything. If it's an NAS, it's an NAS, and it is what it is. But, you know, give me a little bit of, of something. You know, just don't just tell me, hey, it comes from an island. Winking an island and, you know, go figure it out for yourself, buddy. Um, there be, yeah, there may be all sorts of contractual reasons they don't get more information. but Well, you'd think they'd at least be able to tell you, like, what barrel they put it in or, you know, roughly how old it is. Or, right. Yeah, that's Yeah, you're right about that. Just a little something. Like, you don't have to tell me what distillery it's from. I get that you probably can't or you or you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, but I think you could have given me a little bit of something without giving the, the whole thing away. Yeah. So to me, when I think about it from that perspective, these little bottles are probably the way to go. Because when I think about the price point on a bottle of this and that the massive unknown that you want me to spend for that. Right. I can I can spend less than that and know darn well what I'm getting with an Ardbeg 10. I know what I'm getting with a Lafroy 10. You know what I mean? Heck, yep. in, in a lot of markets, in our market right now, Lafroy 16 is still on sale over at Big Red for cheaper than this. What? And and $69.99. Wow. Hey, man, I'm telling well, you. I wish I needed no if, if you're, you know, okay. you're going to give me 70 bucks to buy it to spend oh, on one of these or a, a Log 16, yeah, I'll, I'll put another Log 16 stash. I cannot believe that, that liquid is still going for that price. I mean, yeah. if you have to choose between the two and you don't pick Log 16, Bud will stab you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 You can't take the Log 16. For real. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You put $30 in your face. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there were some mixed comments on there, and I, I actually would direct everybody on the show to go read through some of the comments to see what everybody was saying about it. It's actually pretty um, – it's a pretty good sentiment that everybody's saying the same thing. Um, actually, I did find it a little bit interesting that people were kind of beating us up. The fact that when we're divided, when we're a little bit divisive or divided on, or when we're really people really 
talks about, man, you guys just couldn't get together on this one. And those are the ones that's, I love. The yeah, most. I know. That's, a, that's, that's like the point. <laughs> that's why we're here. Right? I, I find it amusing that those are our favorite. Like when we turn off the camera after we do one of those reviews, we're like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. I hated it and I loved it. And then, you know, in the comments, they beat us up. They're like, wow, you guys were all over the board. You couldn't come together. And I'm like, well, that should tell you something about that scotch. Yeah. The whole point is the average is what it's all about. You know, I mean, for me, like normally when we're all over the board and then we get to an average and I'm like, yeah, you know what? If you would have asked me what a, what the average would have come out at, I probably would have guessed that number. Like that seems very reasonable. You know, yeah. well, I think it, it probably comes out to be about where it needs to be. So what would come out at, Andrew, 2.3 something? 2.3 something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that sounds all right. The, the, the comment of the night when it comes to this is, dear Portiskeg, you can't play hard to get if you're hard to want. <laughs> Ouch. Well, that's from uh, Matt McKay. That's Matt, great. Have, they, have you ever said that to a lady? I just, I mean, where do you come up with a quote like that? That's perfect. Um, well, the not as attractive sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad we reviewed it. And I'm not saying that I don't want, because they do have a, another bottling in their range, right? It's not just 110 proof. Or is it, these are batches. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bud says it's like Dr. Scotch. <laughs> Let's say Bud's going to meet Dr. Scotch and have to take all that back. Yes. Once you know, I don't even know if that guy's here tonight. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's coming. I'm checking the basement. Oh, Dr. Scotch? Yeah, I don't think that's around. I don't know. I think he's on fall break, too. Bud's celebrating. He's next door petting the dog. When it comes to the porch cake, one of the things that we said, if you guys watched to the end of the video, we had made a comment that we were going to give – sample of this away and actually i'm glad you didn't open this <laughs> that's why that's why i set it aside <laughs> you said it aside because you poured out of that one i was like why no, don't we do that okay so just in case we have uh I, I took everyone's name that responded in the comments accordingly uh to our instructions at the end of the video and we're going to use siri to pick a random number between the one and well, 17 or 18 you have to pull the spreadsheet i don't even know how to get siri to work on this phone <laughs> really oh, no i thought it how do you get Siri to work on an iPhone? It's a, like an XR. It's, I, just got this new, I just got this phone from, from work. Just go to Google and see uh, a random number. Or somebody call Drew. <laughs> or actually. <laughs> so, so pull up, uh, but I don't know what the numbers are for. Just pull up the spreadsheet. All right, hold on a second. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to this. Now, we what we have here is uh let me go back to this and put this up here so these are the names that are currently on the list there are 17 people right. i'm going to randomly generate a number between one and 17. i'm not looking at the screen and unfortunately you have to trust me on this the number it generates is number six so go, over so there. go back we'll go back to this stream yard number six is thundall so if you pull up the actual spreadsheet, you can read it a little bit better. It's right there. So there you go. There you go. So Fondal will uh, get the opportunity to. I don't know if he, that individual is on. He's right not now. typically online, so we're gonna have to email or somehow message him that him or her that uh, there's a bottle of this that is ready by personal courier to go to their place because mm -hmm. that would be illegal to ship that. Carrier pigeon. Carrier so, pigeon. I, uh, let's write this down. Yep. We'll give it. Um, we'll reach out to that individual, and if we don't hear back within a week, pull a second number real quick. Okay, we'll pull a second number generator. That would be number fifteen, and that the backup is to the backup Sunday evening scotch is Mr. Mike Porter. So, Mike Porter, if you can get uh, Thumbnail to uh, not respond. Within a week, uh, this is yours. And so you can actually going? come down and pick this one up yourself. I was going to say, Michael Porter can't have that unless he comes to the bar. Which I'm fine with because he hit me on Discord today uh, and wanted to know if I'd tried any um, sherry-finished bourbons. He's still trying to convert me to what he calls the dark side, which I'm already wearing the dark label. Um so I, I told him I would try them. But anyway, we've been working on trying to get him down here to the bar, along with Greg Bauer, some of our local subscribers, yep. to come yep. on over. So anyway, wrap up Portisbeck. And, um, and, uh, and KB. KB's local. 
KB is local. KB is coming out for something else. No way. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. He's actually coming yeah. to the bar? Yeah, he will. He, if, if he's coming to Lebanon, Indiana, he's coming to this bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so, anyway, let's. Uh, I, the, the Port of Skag, I'm ready to put it to bed. Um, yep, we've done a great time with it. Put that one away. And we've got a lot of I'll, I'll finish this. You guys, if you want to move somewhere else, that's your wheelhouse. Boom. I might have some Lagavulin. It's it's not Portis Gag, but it's smoky. <laughs> That's, it is arguably a better bottle. But you know, so we've got a couple of other things to, to move on to. You know, we've got um, we've got Scotch in the news, which everybody wants to talk about. Actually, there were there was a couple of people that put comments on, on videos. Just that's what they want to talk about, right? I mean, it had not, the comment had nothing to do with that review. It had to do with terrorists. Yeah. All right. Dun, so I'm done. Give it five minutes because that's where I'll deserve at this point. I agree with you. Uh, so you, let's. Uh, so we'll give give Terrence one. Scotch the news five minutes. So number one, they don't take place and they are not going to affect the prices immediately unless you have a unscrupulous uh, whiskey dealer. Because many, uh, we were talking to a distributor today that or this weekend, this week that um, they knew that this was coming. They stocked up ahead of time. There's not really a, it, if, it, if it hits before Christmas, you're getting ripped off because everybody knew this was happening and everybody stocked up with extra stock to make sure that they had enough to, to get through for a while, at least through the Christmas season before, um, before they actually had to raise prices. So number one, you were not gonna see an immediate uh, up price in scotch. Now, number two, if it goes, if this tariff does get enacted and if it does last more than three to six months, then you will see prices go up and they will be pretty significant. So, but there's some interesting things uh, about it, right? It, this isn't, this isn't something that just popped up this week or last week. Correct. This is something that's going on for a long for time. 10 years. I yeah. Mean, and it's years. actually being put in place what's the main reason? It's actually a punishment or a get back at the EU. Yeah, so the World Trade Organization, or the, the U.S. through the World Trade Organization uh, filed suit against EU because they were subsidizing airplane... Uh, Airbus. Airbus, So which is, Whatever. Which is a technically a French company, but Airbus has distribution uh, manufacturing all over Europe. I mean, they've got... When you see that, if you ever look at the all the parts that go into an A380... They're like pulling from all from Spain right. and from Germany and from all over. So it's a it's a, a European company for sure. So after 10 to 15 years, however long it took to get through the World Trade Organization, World Trade Organization finally said, yes, you are allowed to, uh, in retaliation for this, you can put tariffs in up to $7.5 billion. Right. 25%. So, now some interesting facts about it. Mm -hmm. It's single malt whiskey only. Yes. That's kind of crazy. I have Irish and Scottish. Irish right. and Scottish single malt whiskey. So that's kind of crazy. Somebody in the blended markets have um, have a little say so into that. I it just blows my mind. I want to know There's where no profit is. Where the malt. So normally, a lot of times when you put tariffs in place, it is either retaliatory tariffs targeted at an industry that is you know, doing something wrong. So, you know, maybe you put a tariff on somebody that's doing some unfair business practices, or you put the tariff on an industry that is likely to bring a lot of pressure on lawmakers to change. Right. Their now, there's, yes. there's the twist. There's that's the run. So, but if that's the case, what the heck happens in another couple of days when Brexit's supposed to happen? If Brexit actually happens, and then Scotland is now part not part of the EU, what is the point of putting a 25% tariff on a Scottish product? It's not going to hurt the EU in any way, shape, or form. Well, what happens if Brexit goes through, and then Scotland leaves the, the UK and goes back to the EU? Well, yeah, I, I mean, that's a, that's a more hypothetical. I'm just saying I that... If, if Brexit actually happens, I don't see this tariff. They, 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 they pull the tariff off because it doesn't pressure the EU to do anything. Right, correct. Um, it doesn't punish the EU in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah, if Brexit happens, and then if it does, you could also flip the coin and say, well, what happens to the price of scotch if, you know, once Brexit does go through, right? Those are so many hypotheticals. 
Here's my two cents to wrap all this up. I think government subsidizing industry is kind of un <laughs> uncapitalistic, if you will. Either it either that industry makes it or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then it is what it is, right? And then tariffs, not a big fan of tariffs either. Uh, especially if it's on my booze, hands off my booze. Um, you know, yeah. go put tariffs on something else. You know, the, the, the only, um, reasonable reason I would think for a tariff would be if the, uh, imported material is collapsing a, a critical infrastructure industry within a country. So yeah. say say you can get steel from China for ten cents on the dollar versus American. So all American steel companies shut down, and there's no steel made in America anymore. And therefore, we can't make bridges. We can't. Well, but that's one. That is a point where you have tariffs put on a product because they're doing unfair business practices. So I don't really have a problem with that. They're trying to flood the market with cheap steel. So you're in response to that, adding a tariff, which is in effect raising the price of their steel in our country. I'm yeah. fine with that, you know, because it's it's BS to begin with. But I think targeting industry just because they happen to, you know, like, you know, when the EU put tariffs on uh, American bourbon, like that hurts a bunch of people that have nothing to do with anything. Right. Know? That's they're doing it because it pressures people like Mitch McConnell who is in power, but he doesn't own a bourbon company. He just is from Kentucky. You know, it hurts a lot of other people. And I, I don't, I, I don't really support that. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens, if it even happens to be, I, I, I don't know. I, right now it, we can all speculate and we can all, you know, doomsday prep if you have to, but we'll see. Uh, That's I'm, why my basement looks like that. <laughs> but we're gonna have Scott to get us through um, at least three, at least three months. There's actually months, another yeah. topic on Scotch in the news that I wanted to throw out there just to give right. everybody's perspective. So tariffs are done. Tariffs are done. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, again next if they week. ever happen. Yeah, right. Um, but the other topic, and it's not like you got to research this much. If you didn't see it, you weren't on the internet. But uh, what's up with Scotch pods? I've got to get a set of those. All right. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was basically a marketing gimmick. Of course. And it was done for a cocktail, uh, some kind of a cocktail convention kind of thing. But I'll tell you what, it generated a ton of news. Like, Glenn Livett got a ton of press off of that. That's what everybody I do, send me a Facebook link to that. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, from what I from what I read, I mean, it's a it's a seaweed based ingredient. It's it's food safe. You can eat it. I don't know if it adds any flavor. I'm sure that it has to add some kind of flavor or mouthfeel to the stuff. Well, it definitely adds mouthfeel. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that it can't. But uh, the interesting part, like this, wasn't some gimmick that they just came up with for this. Like they've been working on this for uh, for a while. Yeah, uh, and, and not just for scotch. They had done it for uh, drinking water and and all kinds of stuff. Uh, the, the interesting part that I found was that they won't be able to do it commercially, not because they couldn't manufacture the pods, but because they they dry out and they're they're not good after like a couple of months. So they're not really shelf stable. Um, so they could do it in this limited capacity, but they couldn't really bottle it at the plant and then ship it across the sea and you know they ship it by truck to a liquor store and have it sit on a shelf for six months but they were very interested in doing it with the whiskey because obviously whiskey is much more um corrosive if you will to the pods because of the higher alcohol That's true. That was my and so they really wanted to see what the alcohol content would do to the pod like how it would hold up um, so in addition to it being a gimmick, it was also kind of an experiment in, you know, the stability of the pods themselves. So I thought it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, I would have I can't find one because I, I, I'm, I'm just interested in, in, it, in it because, you know, with typically these organic based, you know, uh, dissolvable uh, things you can do. I've seen water, the water things you can do with the alcohol. I would think that would completely dissolve that seaweed. 
So there's got to be something in there that they do a great yeah, job. Coated it with something. I actually, Andrew, I was going to see if we could um, right. like some industrial supply places for like maybe try and find some pods and do a little experiment of our own with them. Oh, um, that's a great idea. If you don't, you don't let me out. Yeah, fun. I think it'd be fun. It, it, I mean, it's basically a Jello shot, right? I mean, yeah. What if we cut open some uh, Tide pods and just put yeah, some wood in? Sure. I mean, it's kind of like a gusher. Yeah, it is like a, it's exactly like a gusher. I don't know better. I don't know whiskey in it. I'm not. I'm out. I'm out. If it depends, on, you know. So the question is, do they have to downproof the whiskey? Do they have to bring it down to thirty percent ABV or something so it doesn't dissolve through it? Then it's not a Scotch pod. Well, do they call it a Scotch pod? My guess is they probably had to coat it with something to keep the alcohol from eating through the pod. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of curious what they would have what they would have done. Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably really disgusting to bite into that and the the, the whiskey comes out, then you got this chewy pod, <laughs> seaweed pod. I'm like, oh jelly belly whiskey beans. <laughs> that would be really interesting. I I'm didn't even want to bring it up to be honest with you but i was last minute looking before the show and i'm like you know what we got to talk about this because it for a good 48 hours i, I don't know how many times i got pinged links text ims yeah. i'm like come on man go away i will say that they were actually they looked like they were fairly decent sized like it was like eating an ounce of scotch i mean it wasn't nothing <laughs> so Shut that up. would have been interesting in and of itself Honestly, I'd just kind of like to mess around with some of those pods and see what you could come up with. I, yeah. I think it'd be interesting to to just kind of, you know, I, I haven't really done much molecular gastronomy in the past, but that doesn't mean that I won't figure it out. Right. Yeah, so so Graham Young has some um, information on him. He, so his kids tried some in Glasgow and said they were kind of rubbery and tasteless and a big blast. I mean, just like a, a, a burst gum blast of scotch as you bust through the um, it's a gusher it is a gusher <laughs> the typo says sketch and i know he meant scotch but but my mind read because that's all <laughs> i can imagine taking one of these pods and be like no i don't want anything well i mean hopefully the other thing i hope is they put a little bit of decent scotch in there so it's not just a nasty whiskey as well as a kind of a weird century overall I I mean, they looked like they had a couple of different kinds. So, I mean, they may have been putting in some. Now, I don't know if they may have done, because it was a cocktail convention, they may have been some kind of a cocktail. So maybe it's like a Rob Roy or. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So what about colleges? What about those wax bottle candies filled with scotch? Now, see, I remember I those, like those. those candies, you know, on Halloween. Would it have like Kool-Aid or something in it? Yeah. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I could try that. I don't know. And I, I guess maybe the, the timing after the whole Tide Pods thing is probably rubbing me a little wrong too, right? Like, I don't know. Um, oh, if Bud comes back, my wife describes me the same way. Rubbery tastes and a big glass of scotch. <laughs> yeah, I can see what Bud. Fair enough. We'll give, yep. we'll give you that. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Maybe I will try. So, 3:30. So, 3:33. 10:33. Well, we've got to talk about this week's region. Um, oh, conversation, which that. I, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, and I'm definitely hoping that some of you out there in virtual land bring some of your vast knowledge because that's what this whole conversation is supposed to be about. I mean, it's not about just us providing information; it's about the conversation, and and hopefully, some of you have been over there. We actually had an opportunity to meet somebody this week that um, spends a lot of time over there. Yes, that was um, really interesting. So before we get into it, the conversation on that, we can talk about what we did. Um, this week, earlier this week on Monday, um, this guy and I drove up to Chicago. Uh, we had a lunch date with Ben Dietrich. We went out to a Chicago deli. and had, uh, Went to Manny's for lunch? Manny's. Matzo soup. It was good. Matzo ball soup and pastrami on rye. And headed over to his office, and he put us through a series of blind, you know, blind samples from his wall of scotch. It was fun. It was. Did you win? What was that? Did you win? Was there a prize involved? Uh, Yeah, I'd say the prize was I probably had too many. Because are are you official scotch drinkers now? Yeah, I am. Anyway, one of his, uh, an SMWS member that is close to his office, two two blocks away or whatever, walked over to drop off a sample he wanted to share with Ben. 
And uh, and this guy, he spends a lot of time. He says he goes to Campbelltown three, four times a year. Yeah, I'm not um, sure it's for work or so. For fun. You know, it's it's definitely a special place to him. So, and he definitely is into the Campbelltown Scotches, whether it's in Springbank, the Scotias, or whatnot. But um, that kind of was perfect because that's the, the region that we're talking about this week. So to talk to to back up and give the thirty second backup of what we're, the whole conversation is about when it comes to Scotch regions or as the French say, terroir, am I saying this right? Sure. Um, does it mean anything? Do, do regions mean anything anymore? Um, you know, in my mind, they do, but maybe they don't in yours. At, at one point in time, there was definitely a style per region. That's how the regions came about. Um, or that's what they morphed into. Actually, they started with the highland and the lowland was a tax thing. And, but anyway, we're going to go around all the regions over the course of the next several weeks. And last week we talked about the highlands, which was actually kind of difficult being the largest it's region. So big. And so, so many. Yeah. A variety. Yeah. Um, at least now we're into, well, I guess you could say the smallest. Is it the smallest? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, there's what, three distilleries on Campbelltown? Yeah, if you took the, the land mass of, of, yeah. the, of the peninsula against Isla, it might be close. But anyway, so yeah, we're but, talking but about... the key is the number of distilleries. Right. So the rule was that there is, you, to maintain a, a distinct region, you have to have at least three distilleries. Right. So you've got... You and that was by the SWA. They were... So the funny thing is, is when they made the rule... They made the number three because at the time there was three in the lowlands, and they didn't want to cut the lowlands out. They, but it, it almost looked very pointed that they were trying to cut out Campbelltown. Because Campbelltown only had two. Only had Springbank and Glen Scotia. Right. They only had two. So then the owner of Springbank uh, says, "You know what? You're not cutting out Campbelltown as a region. So um, I'm going to open up a new distillery." There he goes. Glengyle. Done. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, the name of Glengyle that he chooses is kind of weird because there's actually a blended Scotch name, Glengyle. Right? <laughs> so to keep from getting even more confusion, he backs up, they back up, and they actually name their Scotch uh, Kilcarran. Is that it? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Kilcarran. Kilcarran. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there are three right now. Yeah, Kilcarran distilled at Glengyle. <laughs> right. Um, and so there's three distilleries there. Uh, I, ironically enough, there's more than three labels or three brands are producing right. the right. Yeah, well, Spring Bank has got Hazelburn, Long Road, Spring Bank, yeah. Glen Scotia, and now uh, Kilcarran made it yeah. in Glen, uh, Glen Guile. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that I want to talk about when we talk about Hamilton is you back up a little over 100 years ago. 100, 100 to a little bit more over it, and it was literally termed the whiskey capital of the world. Yes. There yeah. were anywhere from 28 to 34 distilleries is the number. I mean, there's different numbers all over. Uh, there's actually a pretty good book out there that I, I really want to get to get into and, and read. But when you're talking about 34 different distilleries, and those are licensed distillers producing spirit, uh, aside from all the illegal distillers. Well, some of those weren't. I mean, in the heart of it, right. it was before it was really that legal, but yeah. Um, and so it went from being, you know, the mecca of, of the whiskey world to, you know, barely hanging on there. You know, before Glenn Gile came around and, and got stood yeah. up, it was getting ready to go away and disappear. Um, and so when I tried to look back to say, you know, what, what helped, what, what made it go down? What made it go from 34 to three? I mean, you didn't just blink your eyes and say it was a U.S. tariff. <laughs> um, well, sort of, but it, it, it kind of was. There were several different things. One of which was obviously prohibition. Prohibition. That's where you were going with that, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, prohibition had something to do with it. It was a huge influence. Um, but just prior to prohibition, if you look back, there was a coal mine there that goes shut down. Huge hit to the industry. Huge hit to the economy. The local that it's a major money source to to the area that shuts down. And about the same time, right before prohibition, we're talking about nineteen uh, teens, twenties, right in that era. Um, there starts to get this perception and rumor about whiskeys coming out of Camptown that have a that they're their quality's going down. They're getting fishy. They're getting funky smelling. They're because back then these distillers were producing a peated whiskey. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they're, they're Pete's going bad. And, and so can Pete go bad? And so, I mean, no, that, that has something to do with it. And when I read that, it kind of made me stand back and say, man, there's my springtime funk. Yeah. You know, I kind of like that. Yeah, that is. That's where it comes from. Um, so there, there's more than one thing that attributes to the number of distilleries going down. But let me ask you, do you think Campbelltown has a unique profile? Yes. Okay, so so do you, do you remember Kilcarran? Yes, vaguely. So, I mean, it's been a while since we tried those, but uh, to me, there is a, a a the profile has a like a all of them seem to have like a tangy quality, for a lack of a better descriptor. Um, just kind of a. I don't know. I, I think they are all are a, a, a unique um, region. They've all got distinctive qualities that make them themselves, but they all have something that kind of ties them together a little bit. So when I think of regions, I think of like, you know, Isla's got peated whiskey, but they don't all taste the same. Like you can taste differences between each of them in, in their processes and in, in their still shapes and how they do things. So I think that they are similar but different, and I, I kind of think the same thing of Campbelltown. You know, they're they're doing different things with with each one, but they've got something about that island, about that terroir of of that region, makes it unique and and special, and kind of ties them all together a little bit. So Everwin brings up a point of of water source, and and I, that very well could play into exactly what you're talking about, Sean. But in today's day and age, in, in technology. Um, and logistics, uh, it's easy for a distillery in one region to produce a scotch that tastes like it comes from another. I mean, I don't know if you'd say easy. That's what I would would agree. So the key with that water source, everyone is, that that is true. If we had Dr. Scotch here, there would be some discussion on that because water can significantly influence. And that's, you know, that's why Speyside is a region. Because they have this super clean water source makes really great whiskey. Well, I, and so I, I think that that definitely has something to do with it. I think you've got, you know, anytime you've got an industry in a geographically isolated area that you've got the same people that are doing the same processes, but they're doing it a little bit different than the island next door or than the mainland, you're going to get, I would think, distinct variations in like where they like to make their cut. Right. So maybe they like, you know, a little bit more of the heads because they like a little bit more of that that flavor that they get when they when they cut it early and they leave some of that that weird funky stuff in. Or maybe they, you know, cut the tails a little bit later to leave a little bit more of of something in, you know, or the way they build their stills because they've got, a you know, because they they get beat up by the ocean breezes they they have shorter buildings to you know minimize their exposure and so they have shorter stills so they don't get as much copper exposure or the material they're in of i mean some of the water right. i mean everything there, there's differences in all of them and you're absolutely right when it comes to, to the cuts and whatnot and we actually had a pretty good conversation with an individual on monday that we haven't really talked about yet uh, when it comes to those kinds of details but what i was saying and i'm not saying it's easy i'm saying it's easier today than it was a hundred years ago, but for a, a, a distillery to make and, and barrel a, a, a product here and then throw it on a train and store it in a dunnage house on Isla or yeah. move, move it from one place to another, that, that sort of thing just happened. Where where you're getting your grain source is completely different now than what, where they were a hundred years ago. You know, it was much more local then, where now it's, you know, most of them, just buy their grain from these big grain companies that, that do that. So it's just, it, things have changed. And some people say that it doesn't matter as much. I, I think it does. I agree with Sean. I absolutely think it does. And to me, there's so many examples of whiskeys out there that you can just blindfold and be like, I know, I know where that came from. I mean, come on, man. Stick well, it up the bank and tell me you know. So, so Eric Waite brings up an interesting point that he doesn't think that, that there's enough distilleries to make a, a determination on terroir for that for that particular region, which I I would give him, but I will give him that with this proviso that 
at one point there were 30 distilleries on that island. Sure. Right. So, you know, at some point the, the region's still there, you know, just because 27 of the distilleries aren't there anymore because, you know, tastes have changed or whatever. And now there's only three operating distilleries. I, I still think that the, that the region itself still is viable as long as there's, you know, that original flavor profile, you know, that ties them all together is still there. I would, I would still call it a, a region, I guess. Yeah, and, and terroir may not be the right term. It's more of a, a regional style. So, you know. Uh, I, I think it's a little of both because I think I think some of the local ingredients would, would add character. You know, the water source that they're pulling from. Most definitely. Yeah. The mineral water source that, that has similar characteristics, I would think, would influence. You know, that's one of the major ingredients in the whiskey. So I would think that that would add some some flavor dimension to it. Um, but again, I take Mark's point that there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, mass production now. And, and so it's maybe not quite the same thing as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the examples is, uh, McAllen. Um, I read that of 5,000 tons of golden promise barley, um, McAllen buys 4,500 tons of it. So uh, essentially that, that strain of, of barley, of barley is only around because McAllen uses it. If they didn't use it, nobody would nobody would use it. So that's kind of one of those. It's not. It was terroir maybe at one point, but now it's not. McAllen uses it. Everybody else has gone to some other grain. Um, you know, in Iowa, you've got um, non-peated whiskeys coming out of there for certain distilleries. Right. People are are out of it. But the you know the fact that there's only three distilleries. They're all literally like a stone's throw from each other. I'm sure they. They have employees that bounce back and forth between them. That's more, that's almost easier to make a regional style. Sure. With that little bit of variation. Yeah, I, yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, I, I think that they're all good distilleries. I mean, I guess everybody can make their own determination if it's a region or not with three distilleries. You know, maybe you lump it all in with the islands. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it just gets all lumped in with, with all the islands that aren't Isla. Because there's so many distilleries on island. Yeah, it's actually kept. And so that was the reason why it was so. At one point, it was so pop. It was such a big whiskey uh, facility, is that they had a great port in Campbelltown. Incredible. And, yeah. so, and so that port could go directly to the U.S. or directly right. to France, or whatever. They didn't need to go through Edinburgh or go through some other port to right. get. Or Edinburgh's not a port. No, but, say, but but you did have to go through some other port. You didn't have to train it to someplace or truck it to someplace and then put it on a ship. You put her on ship in in Campbelltown, and away you got to your markets. And so that was why it was so nice. Plus, physically, it was hard to get there from the governing agency, so you could get away with a little more. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little more. Tax man wasn't coming around every day. Exactly. Uh, so, so I would say that you know because of modern technology, you're you're cutting into, you're allowed to maybe do more with the whiskey because you you have availability of products that you didn't have before. Yes. But I also think that a lot of those scotches stick to the old styles for the most part because it's easy for people to understand what their whiskey's going to be. You know what I mean? If you go out and you buy a Highland and it's the most peated whiskey you've ever had, you're going to be super pissed off because uh, <laughs> that's not what you bought it for, that's you know? Cool. And unless they specifically label it, like, you know, Balvenie's Peak Week. Right. That's a big red flag that, hey, this isn't the normal thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, a lot of the Highlands, you're, you're getting, you know, sweet, fruity, floral scotches, you know. And, and the same with, you know, the Campbelltown scotches. To me, I'm looking for a little bit of tang or some funk or, you know, just uh, – I don't want to call it an off flavor, but it's just a little different than everybody else's. And yeah. and so when I when I buy one and I taste it and it's got that little bit of tang to it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally what I was what I was looking for. Um, and so I, I think that they a lot of distilleries keep with the at least what the regions used to be, um, just to make it easier on the consumers. You know what? I, you you're you're due for one. Hey, I'm sorry, but since, since we're talking about yeah, it, we need to open this. Since we're talking about Campbelltown, I since we're talking about it, why did you do that? Oh, so shake the water. 
That's going to suck. You know how many glasses Andrews broke behind my bar? Hey, hey um, Sean, can you uh, clean that up when you get home? <laughs> oh, I'll clean it up, buddy. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, no one's allowed behind the bar. Yeah, right now. Yeah, don't anyway, worry. so Drew was in Chicago all week as well for work, and uh, he stopped by Benny's, and uh, he picked up a couple of bottles for us. Uh, Scotch for Dummies picked up a couple of bottles, Sean. So... Um, this was one of them, and I'm thinking, you know, we're sitting here talking about Campbelltown, and we might as well talk about terroir, a, a little Springbank Nine yeah. local barley, right? Springbank Nine local barley, Campbelltown single malt, 57.7. It's even in that uh, 110 proof range. Tell me what that's about. Mm -hmm. Let me grab a Why don't I have any of that? Well, because it wasn't here when you left, so you can, you shall, you will. All I'm here is excuses, man. So, and, and this will be a good wrap up for, for the conversation on regions, right? For this week, anyway. Uh, when and wrapping it up, we'll talk. What do, what do you guys want to talk about the next region? Obviously, we've got the lowlands, uh, we've got Space Eye, um, we've got the islands. Um, I think I like the islands, right? Oh, I'm forgetting Isla. <laughs> Someone gonna smack me upside the head and be like, "Hey!" I, I mean, if something tells me we're gonna wait. That that'll be what we wrap it up with. But I'll throw it out there for anybody else that wants to talk. What what region do we go to next? So I I did this because Greg Lewis said all this Campbellton talk forced him to break out Spring Ring Nine at ten. So That's I a great you know, idea. I'm like, yeah, we can join that. And there it is, right? See, it's not as funky though. Hey, as... Because it's that it's their local barley one. I, yeah. the, the local barley one doesn't have nearly as pungent of of a funk as like that twelve cast rank does. So I wonder if the, so. I would need to look this up. So we we will get a review on this eventually. I'm curious about how um, how much um, peat they put into this. Barley is malted in our own malting <laughs> floors, use traditional production, turn into spirit, matured in whiskey, bottle on site. 100% Campbelltown single malt. <laughs> Wine light said, Opa, don't shake anymore. Laugh. God, don't encourage him. He's not dropping coins, he's breaking glasses behind the bar. Well, he's the one that's got no shoes on, he's the one that's going to suffer. I, I, we're going to have to put oh, our. Oh my God. It, it hit the back bar. And there's like this big pile of glass sitting amongst the bottles. It's all right there. So it's a minimum. I don't know what to say. Um, you say there's a big pile of glass? Yes, but it's only the glass from the glass. It's no, we didn't break a bottle. That's the key. Whatever. Um, so <laughs> Campbelltown in a wrap. You know, one thing that we didn't say about Campbelltown is what it looks like on a map. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> You take that peninsula with the island of Aaron, and I don't know. It's what we refer to it as. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll let, we'll let Campbelltown go. So I, I did see a couple of votes, if you will, for the next region here. Um, I saw Lowlands, actually, somebody wanted to talk. Oh, uh, apparently Andrew's going to be like the dude from uh, Home Alone stepping on Christmas ornaments here in a second. <laughs> that, that's reasonably accurate, probably. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, don't, don't let Molly go back there to get a pretzel and she gets a paw full of glass instead. We uh, we'll clean up as many as we, much as we can before we leave. <laughs> I'm working on it, Wine Light. Oh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> killing me, Smalls. It wasn't one of your good glasses, though. Oh God! So we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna jump over cool, from we're gonna jump over from Campbelltown and just go right over to the mainland there and talk about the lowlands, lowlands. and and get into lowlands, um, which interestingly has seen an uptick uh, in distilleries since you know I mean I, I back know. when when the SWA was getting ready to say you know they had to have at least three. Um, I think the lowlands has eight now. Uh, don't quote me on that. I need to do the research on it, but. Um, one of the things that I haven't been paying quite as much attention when we talk about the regions is the grain whiskey stories. Um, but you know, because we just never really get into those. And oh, one of these days, one of these days, we're going to make a shift and we're going to have to really spend some serious time on the grains. The guys. grains are 
one but, of the highest volume whiskeys in the entire region. Yeah. Right. So, uh, well, so anyway, that yeah, everybody's want to talk about low, low, low. So we'll go. How low can you go? Um, <laughs> but this is really good. Um, well, there, are, there are seven current Lowland distilleries. Seven. Yep. And then there's a couple that are in the process of making a comeback. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites uh is the uh the rosebank i was just gonna say it's rosebank yeah and that's yeah and that is when's that slated uh i want to say they might be open for distilling maybe end of next year mm-hmm. don't quote me on that but i mean i i think that they've done all their demolition and they're starting to reconstruct and and get things going so i mean they're still like four years away at least from having product available unless you want to just drink it right out of the spirit safe which i totally do <laughs> right well, so let's wrap up the regions discussion we want to talk a little bit about our discussion that we had with a particular individual on monday before we wrap things up and i wanted to go over the scotch swap uh with you and you know it's getting close to time when that dog walks down the stairs she come down we're she, she, just, she just came around the corner like, boys, you got about five minutes to get them presents off. Don't come back here, Mom. So anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week about Lowlands. Um, to finish this up, so Monday, after our date with Ben, and we go and do some blind tastings with him, and SMWs had a really good time, we went back to the hotel, we packed up all the gear, and we jumped in an Uber and went over to Delilah's, which is probably one of the coolest bars in Chicago, to be honest with you. It's it's way more than just a bar. It really is Chicago personality to me. I mean, it's music, it's film, it's art, and it's booze. And then they've right? got 900 different whiskeys on Right. There. So um, really cool. We spent an hour interviewing Malcolm Waring from Old Pulteney who is, was finishing up a 17-day tour with Steph Ridgeway. He's the distiller manager for, for Pulteney? For Pulteney. They ran around the country and, and you know, did a big brand awareness on Old Pulteney and the new range that they're doing. Um, and we got to sit down and talk to him for an hour, and he is a heck of a character with an awesome um, whiskey story. I mean, the guy has been in it his whole life, um, did a little stint away from Old Pulteney, but came back to it. And when you think about it, you know, he's been there long enough to have put down the spirit about every old Pulteney I've ever had. He's, he's worked there over 30 years, you know, so they got the old Pulteney 25. It's their big flagship now that, yeah, he put, I mean, he was working there five years before they put that in the in the barrel. Yeah, he put it down. So it was a really was cool, still been at the time, so. really cool, cool time hanging out with him and Definitely have him on stage for putting us to work next year when we go to Scotland. Yep. Um, I, I'm expecting to be hung up on the wall in the Dunnage house. Probably. I mean, it's going to happen. Um, I had a, I had a really good time with the hair down. <laughs> but anyway, so Drew's going to get worked working on that video, that content. There's a ton of content because afterwards we actually interviewed Mike Miller, the owner of Delilah's. We had about 15 minutes or so before the bar really got busy that we were able to sit down with him for a few minutes. So um, Drew's going to have to do his magic and put all that that content together. It's I'm glad I'm not yeah, doing it. So Delilah's was what World Whiskey Bar of the Year in 2019. Mike, Icon Whiskeys. Mike was in, inducted into the um, Hall of Fame for um, Whiskey Magazine. Or in 2018, I mean, or no, it was early 2019. So he, yeah. I mean, that's like these guys know what they're doing. Oh, he's sharp. He, he, and, they, oh man, see, so that's the beauty of, of talking to him is he he knows whiskey, um, and it's not necess- It's not like a pompous thing. It's just he he just understands it all. He he his mind is go is wrapped around all this whiskey. And if you're bringing a whiskey to his bar, I need to know what. Why would I put your whiskey on my bar versus this? Is the same style? It's the same, you know, age. Why would I take take that one off? And so that, that right. kind of analysis of every whiskey that's on that bar is just amazing. And that's where he is in his bar. You, you don't add a new one without taking one off. So if you want to introduce a new, but whiskey, there's no room. Yeah, you got it. You got to tell him it's good enough to take a different one off. Uh, and he's just got he's got a really interesting backstory too, and and where he comes yeah. from. But one of the coolest things I found about Delilah's is it's never closed since he opened it. 
It's been open for over 9,000 consecutive days. They've never had a day where they've closed down since he opened it. I mean, that just New Year's, Christmas Day. Blows my mind. It's hard for me to fathom that you, I mean, really didn't take one Christmas off in 9,000 days. But really, really cool place. So it was an awesome interview. Hopefully Drew can clean it up and uh, sober me up a little bit in it. And and we'll we'll get that out. Worker, brother. Huh? He's not a miracle worker. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> I, can help. I can dream. Maybe Drew can do the overdub of the questions. So, we'll work anyway, uh, looking forward to getting that out there. And, and oh, a, a huge thanks to Steph for, for giving us the opportunity and Malcolm and, and getting a chance to meet him. And I can't wait to meet him in, in his home turf at Enwick yep. uh, and see him in, in his natural stopping grounds. But um, aside from that, I wanted to make sure that uh, all of you that are involved in the Scotch Swap, uh, we were planning on having the big review conference call, Google, Hangout, whatever we're going to do um, here in the next week or so. It's not going to happen because fall break for our schools. So yeah. Sean uh, and his family, they're going to be heading out on a big boat, take a cruise. Drew and his family are going to be heading down south for vacation. Um, we just can't pull this off while on the, we've been low staffed now for what three weeks sean it's about time everybody gets home you get home man we need you here this is my fourth week out right so i'll be in town next week so that'll be nice we're gonna push the scotch discussion back until um our fall break is over with our with our kids in school so we'll have it back and then that gives everybody a little bit more time to spend some time with their samples finish them up. I want to make sure that everybody that's got samples knows about the Word document that's on the Google Drive. It's it's public. Take that Word doc and edit it and put your perceptions in there. Put your name, fill out your section about your perceptions of the scotches that you were provided. Because when we do our big rendezvous, our review, everyone's going to get a chance to talk about one of their samples, not all of their samples. So you're going to have to pick one of the three that you had. Well, the other two, we'd kind of like to know what you thought about those two. So yeah. that's what the Word doc is for. So um, be on the lookout for that. Mike Porter, we're looking for you to help us out on picking a day and figuring out when to pull this together. Maybe so, it'll be a day when Michael Porter is at our bar. That would be really, really cool. That would be a so, great idea. Um, that's what's going on with that. For all of you that are heading to Texas, be careful. Have a freaking good time. Make sure you're taking scotch with you because you don't want to be the one that shows up without a bottle That's correct. when they're in a hotel lobby or somewhere and everybody's putting bottles on the tables and it, it's an amazing thing that happens. Make sure you are prepared to, to partake in, in the libations and have fun with that. Um, be on the lookout for Lee. She will be heading to, uh, I should say, uh, Scotch in a Bayou. Well, yeah, and she just mentioned that she was going to be at Delilah's next week. Is she? Yeah, yeah. her Bon Voyage drink. Yeah, so yes. go, go by there and see, see Lee if you're in Chicago area. You can probably pick up a coin while you're there. Lee, I'm sure Mike Miller, the owner, will be there. Say oh, hi. Yeah, um, absolutely. You guys are there. Anyway, be on the lookout for Lee. We are working on giving her the keys to Scotch for Dummies uh, YouTube. So while she is in Scotland, hopefully she can um, pop it, pop in and do a couple of impromptu lives. Wow. Um, it just depends on her schedule. And, you know, I mean, if she's getting back to the hotel at, a certain time in, in Isla, if it makes even, even sense to go by. Here, right? yeah. yeah, you know, so anyway, we're, we're working on it because we want to make sure that she's able to get her her journal out, you know, her vlog, blog uh, out to the world um, as live as she can. So that's going on as well. Anything else we've got? I don't even know what's on the slate. Sean, do you know what we're reviewing next? Do you know what's on the hook? I, I couldn't tell you. I really wow. don't. We'll need to pull up the spreadsheet and see. I don't even know if we have a review for next week because of the way uh, all the vacations are falling and Drew coming, Drew's been out of town and I've been out of town. So I guess we'll just kind of play it by ear. I mean, it may just be, I, I don't know. We'll figure something out. It, yeah. might be, it might be me hunting down bottles in a field. I don't know. Yeah, man. You need to kill some zebras. They're, they're always out there. So and if we could find that Dr. Scott guy, maybe he could record. Yeah, something. I mean, even he's out of town. I, you know what, though? There was actually a really good comment um, on our first gig this week uh, for uh, Dr. Scott's that really had nothing to do. Well, it did have to do with course care. It was from Travis Faircloth, and he said, is there a way 
Dr. Scotch, to chemically figure out what is in this bottle so that we could know it was Colila. In other words, kid, if, if you had some Colila and you were able to put it through some chemical process and, and it came out with some DNA map, this is Colila, and then you poured this through it and it went, and you're like, ha-ha, they matched. This is Colila. Can you do that? Yes, there's a way to do that. Okay, so if you can do that, he wants to know because he's trying to figure out what his favorite mystery bottle, 16 Sherry Bomb is. He's dying. To, I mean, so he, he has a bottle to put through the process. So that was that was a doctor, or that was a, a, a Scotch from the news that Sean brought up a couple, you know, several yeah. years ago around the two million component uh, electronic tongue that you can put whiskey across, mm -hmm. and you could th there's a there's a fingerprint that each distillery produces. And you can very, very clearly detect all the components that are in there and how they relate to the flavor. Yeah, you, something tells me it's so, not cheap. So you can text, well, it's actually not that not that expensive to do. Well, you just pour a little sample and send it on 23andMe? <laughs> Essentially, they, they've got a chip. You put a drop on, click, wash, a, wash the chip. Next drop. I'm going to buy one. If it makes that noise, man, you are crazy. I'm going to be like, holy. <laughs> So it's like making glyph. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, there's a difference between um, knowing what the compounds are and getting all those compounds and putting them back together. That's the problem with glyph. So, you know, glyph can understand. You can run whiskey through a mass spectrometer, assuming Dr. Scott would know this. I don't really know much about There's this. Travis. He says it's a secret space. He wants to know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, just send that bottle to me. I'll tell you if it's a mag. I'll smell it. Yeah. It's a mag. You did that, but we've had some Macs that were higher end that you were like, I don't smell any Mac in here. That's 16 Smell's years old. Smell's 16 years bit. old, that's going to be getting out of that, out of that sulfur. you got to be old enough to get out of the sulfur range, and then you're out of luck, buddy. Out of luck. I'm working on it. I bet you are. Right. So it is six after we went, six, six minutes after. Sean, I appreciate you being able to find time. Yeah. And I'm really thrilled that the hotel uh, email or internet was strong enough for you to to right. um hey you never know it's a crapshoot right it is uh, totally a crapshoot so i think we were successful without our famous tech guy drew um but we miss him and so uh, hopefully he is, is we'll be back next week and that's all good um be on the lookout and prepare for next week's regional discussion on lowlands oh by the way i may have a special guest next week um I've got a guy that I work with that uh, works at a cigar shop. I wanted to come on and talk about cigar pairing. So we may have a, a special wow. connection on that. So we so, lights outside, maybe do it out. Uh, he's going to bring in a selection and just kind of talk, talk through, you know, some of the flavor profiles of various cigars and what, what kinds of drinks that he would pair up with them. Do you let him do that without sparking up a stogie shop? Maybe, no, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be a before or after thing, but lighting is a is a real deal. Like it'll just be like now we can put lights up on it doesn't attract bugs. That's true. We'd have to put up a lot of lights. Yeah. I've been out of my bar for four weeks, man. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, we're gonna break stuff if you got him outside. <laughs> anyway, everybody, safe travels to Texas. Lee will be in touch before you head across the pond. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining in tonight. We had a great time, and we'll be looking for you next Thursday, same time, same place. I don't know how many of you will be missing because you're in Texas. I don't know the exact dates of Texas since we're not going. So we'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, until next time, cheers. Slotcha. Cheers, everybody. Hmm.